We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Curtis and I are in a dynasty startup. We're talking all that and more on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners here at Rotoviz. We are currently in a Rotoviz Triflex startup. Curtis is in a separate startup from the league that we are in together, and he is currently in two rookie drafts. So he is a man juggling all <laughs> kinds of fantasy football oh, activity. How you doing, my friend? It feels good. Um, you know, I've, I've done so many best ball drafts early this season. It feels great to kind of get that dynasty itch scratched. You know, we've had a lot of fun, you know, writing the various volumes of the Rotoviz Fantasy Football uh, Rookie Draft Guide, Volume 2, available now on rotoviz.com. Uh, so we, we, I've gotten that, you know, a little bit of that dynasty um, thirst quenched, but now like I'm in the thick of it, man. Like there's been trades flying left and right the last couple of weeks. We've talked about a couple of those on the show. Now, as you mentioned to a pair of startups, we got one on our new favorite way to play dynasty over on FFBC, rid of this triflex. I've got another one, uh, that's an industry, uh, startup. The rules thankfully are, are almost identical to our rid of uh, triflex league, which is, you know, obvious because you would obviously want to copy those rules uh, anytime that you can. And uh, I'm actually having an easier time in that one, Dave, I would oh, say nice. than, than with the competition that you and I are facing um, in our FFPC league, which is, which is great. Cause I mean, if you're, if you're going to join a league, you want activity, you want good competition. Like, you want to play the best. Um, and, and that's what I feel like we're doing over there in that startup. And then those rookie drafts, Man, I really love these rookie drafts that take place before the NFL draft. You really have to like believe in your scouting. And, you know, because we start our process so early here, those drafts are not stressful for me. I've already, you know, gotten into the spots that I think I need to be in in several of those leagues. And uh, I know when I want to pounce. Um, I don't own a lot of early picks in my dynasty leagues, uh, but I do tend to trade up. Uh, for my guys. So yeah, we're gonna have plenty of talk about the next week or two here, man. All right. Awesome. So why don't we kick things off today by talking about the first round of the startup that we are in drafting a team together. 
So this league, uh, as Curtis and I have mentioned, uh, is the Rotoviz Triflex format. As a result, there are going to be a lot of quarterbacks going in the first round as there's a super flex component. I am going to read off the round one list of players. We'll get some thoughts from Curtis and then we'll tell you our pick. We actually drew the uh, 12 spot in this draft. So we got that nice back to back picking option at the end of round one into round two. So it starts off with Josh Allen. I believe we both have Josh Allen as the QB one. So it's a solid pick. Then it went Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott. Starts off with seven quarterbacks into Jamar Chase, Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson. Then actually Kyle Pitts at the 11 spot. We had been hoping that we might be able to get Chase, Jefferson, or Pitts just missed. So we took Deshaun Watson um, with the 12th overall pick in this draft. What did you make of how things started off here, Curtis? Yeah, it was it was a very, very chalky first round. I mean, I, I think these are the exact right 12 players to go in a tight end premium super flex format. Um, I was a little surprised to see I, I, where the variance starts to creep in is after the five spot from yeah. what I've seen so far. So that Allen Mahomes, Herbert Jackson, Murray going in some order. And that actually is the most common order that I see. Uh, but then that sixth spot is where you typically will see a little bit of Jamar chase or Jefferson mixed in um, or Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott in either order. So we actually see the seven QBs go at the top there. Um, all of our top positional players, it's actually our four top positional players, regardless of position um, going there. And then, it, you know, it leaves us with a big decision. You know, we had been hoping that to maybe start with, uh, we had talked about pits with one of the two receivers. We'd even talked about pits with lamb. Ultimately we decide, Hey, we got two spots here. We're going to have to wait until the three twelve to pick again. There's no reversal in this draft and let's get out of here with the quarterback. So really the only thing, the only two guys are really thinking about here are Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson with the $230 million guaranteed deal. Uh, he's got the age on his side. He's more of a, a dynamic threat running the ball now than Russell Wilson is at this point in his career. So we're really certainly a riskier pick than Russell Wilson. Yes. Uh, there's nothing to be said about that. But I don't view Wilson um, as a player that can accrue much more dynasty value at this point. He's in his mid-30s, switching teams. Even if he has a career year, you, you know he's, he's going to be you know, into his mid thirties and he's going to be valued like, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been over the past couple of years. And we've seen him kind of max out in the mid second. So he's already trending down towards that. I think we got a great value on Watson. I would rather have Watson than Prescott straight up right now. And I prefer Watson at the 12 versus Burrow or Murray, where you have to draft them right now. Um, and, you know, we just went through our rankings exercise and I, I had Watson a, a little bit higher than you and Sean, I think after drafting him here at the 12, Dave, and having time to think about what a team structure with Watson there feels like, do you see yourself moving him up your board a little bit? Or were you just letting me have a pick that I wanted? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I feel good about it and what it's going to give us in the structure of this team. Uh, certainly Wilson or, uh, yeah, Russell would have been a much more wholesome pick, but I definitely wouldn't have been that interested (laughs) in going with Wilson, um, Mm. over Watson for some of the reasons that you outlined. 
Um, I don't know how high I would move him up my rankings. Um, some of that goes back to some of the concerns. I think also last when I had updated, I had just read some of the legal issues. Um, <laughs> it's hard. To, it's hard to not think about and it's it. It's hard to it? not yeah. think about it, but it, yeah. I will say that you do get a certain different, like different experience when you're drafting, especially when I'm putting together a team in a startup, which I understand is the exercise of going through those startup rankings, but I might have to move him up a little bit because I am realizing how mm -hmm. solid of an anchor he could be to build your team around. So it's kind of fluid yeah. at this point, but go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, actually putting your rankings to the test in a real draft is the, the best way to back test them, right? Yep. Uh, I need to make some tweaks here. So, so I, I will say, I mean, I just think we crushed the vow. He was the value pick there. Yep. Um, he, you know, in this super flex uh, format, it's going to be hard for Chase, Taylor, Jefferson, or Pitts to get pushed higher than they, mm -hmm. than they mm -hmm. went. If Watson slams this year, I mean, he could be a top four startup pick and top three startup pick in, in 2023. Um, so yeah, I, I love the value that we got there. Um, Dave, we followed it up at the, the two one, we had a decision to make between CD lamb and Christian McCaffrey, I believe were the two players we were talking about. With the start three requirement, the way the dynasty should be played uh, in this format, we opted for Lamb, and that brings us to our FFPC stat attack nice. for this episode. I mentioned that this draft is taking place on myffpc.com, and the stat attack of the day: Cedric Wilson leaving Dallas. You know, we've talked about what is what is CD Lamb looked like with and without Amari Cooper. What does he look like with and without Dak Prescott? I thought it was interesting to to think about him versus uh, Cedric Wilson. And in 2021, uh, CD Lamb played 13 games with Cedric Wilson and three games without him. In the 13 games with Cedric Wilson, CD Lamb paced for 232 points in a 17-game season. That's just under 14 PPR per game. Uh, 81 receptions, 1,155 yards, and five touchdowns was the pace. In the three games without Cedric Wilson, Paces for 333 PPR, 19.6 uh, a game, 108 receptions, over 1,300 receiving yards, and 11 touchdowns. So, you know, I haven't gone past this level of analysis with our game split app. It would be interesting to, to look a little bit more in the NFL Stat Explorer and some of our advanced uh, receiving uh, data that we have on the site to see, you know, were Lamb and Wilson actually be being used similarly, and could we hypothesize that targets that Wilson was getting uh, could potentially go Lamb's way. Um, or, you know, could even the team funnel the ball just to, to two of the receivers with Schultz picking up uh, a little bit extra rather than seeing a situation where, you know, Lamb, Gallup, and Cooper would have been, you know, kind of all siphoning things off from each other. So that's interesting. Um, for those curious, I, I did also run the stats with and without Prescott uh, over the last two years uh, because Lamb played primarily with Andy Dalton in his rookie year. And uh, Lamb has been much more prolific with Prescott in the lineup. So very, very interesting. I think that is some nice confirmation bias for our pick there. Uh, of course, as we run down the rest of the second round and our strategy for the rest of the startup, you can get in on the action too at myffpc.com, the best place to play Dynasty. This is a $250 startup. There are $77 startups available as well. 
And if you want to play volume dynasty and you don't want to set those lineups, you can play dynasty best ball as well. All right, Dave, let's run down the rest of the second round. Yeah, let's do it. By the way, I just wanted to toss in here too of receivers with more than uh, 75 targets. Um, CD lamb had the third highest evasion percentage, something that you really like to see in a player you're making a long-term commitment to here. I just had to throw that in. All right. Round two, we go CD lamb followed by Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. You you see that trio there from last year of the quarterbacks making their way in. Then Najee Harris as the second running back off the board, followed by Cooper cup, and Stefan Diggs. Um, and there are still two picks remaining to be made. One of the observations that I have here, Curtis, is it's interesting to see Tyreek Hill falling outside of this group of receivers going. I was also yeah, surprised yeah. to see DK Metcalf going before AJ Brown and actually coming off the board as the fourth wide receiver. Anything else stand out to you from looking at round two? Well, Kicker Lives Matter uh, is the drafter that took uh, DK Metcalf. This is a very high volume FFPC player uh, that has a definite personal style. So that's a confident pick. This drafter must just have DK, you know, you know, he just must actually value the the combination of, of youth and, uh, you know, future years left yep. um, over, you know, as a tiebreaker versus what you can get with a cup digs or hill. Um, you know, the other thing too, that I've just been thinking a lot about is, you know, Seattle is not a team that makes a lot of decisions that make a lot of sense to many of us following the (laughs) league, but you know, after they trade Wilson, it, you know, with DK in a contract year, it really just doesn't make sense that they would hold on to him. Right. If they can get, you know, a top 10 pick, you know, the rumor uh, this week, Dave has been that the New York jets actually offered the 10th overall pick to Seattle for DK and it was declined. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows if they will consider offering that number four overall spot there for the rights to pay DK in 23 and beyond. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that was a little bit of a surprise um, being that this is best ball. This is a best ball as well. And not having to worry um, about, you know, when you're getting those points, you know um, you're just wanting them at the end of the year to show up. Um, I think that does maybe change some things and make people feel a little bit more comfortable and confident picking a player that doesn't have quite the role yet uh, that a cup or a digs would have. I think the big surprise of the second round for me is just where these uncertain quarterbacks went. Yes. You know, getting Lance fields and Lawrence at the two, five, two, six, two, seven. Um, first of all, I would say those are the I, save fields. Um yeah, and really not even safe fields. I just feel like those are the wrong quarterbacks to go there. We talked a lot about Matthew Stafford earlier this week. If I was going to invest a second round pick in a quarterback after Russell Wilson, um, I, you know, I, I think Stafford is certainly more deserving of mid second startup level investment. You're kind of drafting Lance Fields and Lawrence near their ceilings here, um, unless you actually think the players that win the first round are going to fall off the face of the planet. There's not a lot of room. Uh, for for them to to go here, so why uh, why absorb that risk? Um, and then I think you know the order of cup digs, as you mentioned, um, just coming after DK, I think was a, a little bit interesting. You know, Cup being tied to Stafford in that great offense uh, for years to come, and then Stephon Diggs actually before this draft occurred or before this pick occurred, 
uh, it was known that he had that big extension being tied to Josh Allen for the foreseeable future, a four-year extension to his current deal. Um, a pick, I'll actually shout out at Damon Brooks, who made that pick. Uh, he's always in my DMs on Twitter. He's a huge Rotoviz guy, big time FFPC player as well. Yep. Um, so good, good pick by him to get digs there. So we're, we're at the 211, 212. Um, we don't make a pick for another full round. So the way this draft is developing, you know, I, I think Tyreek Hill would certainly be a player that could come off the board next. Only two running backs to this point, I think, is the other kind of under the surface uh, story that's developing. You could see Javante Williams or Christian McCaffrey go here at this corner. Um, we saw right before the podcast, a trade occur. And it was one I was actually going to ask you about as we were recording. Do we want to actually pursue this available pick? <laughs> because the owner of the three seven was floating it. And I'm kind of kicking myself that we didn't have time to get an offer out. Cause when I see what he sold it for, I feel like I would have potentially been in on this price because we we think we're going to have a late first and a late second. We think we're going to be, be competing. And he trades the 307 for a 23 first, 23 second, and a 26 round pick, which is the final round of this draft. I think that was poor value and I wish it would have been us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that I would have been inclined to take that. I, I t- To me, what you're getting here is far beyond uh, what you are given up. And as you said, especially for how we expect our team to perform, um, I think that this would have been a very nice trade to take advantage of. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The other trades that have occurred, uh, just so people kind of understand what's happening at the, the top of drafts here. Uh, we had a massive, massive rebalancing uh, trade where... Uh, there was a, th- a three and eight and 11 and a 13 going over to a, a four, seven, 11, 13 situation. Just owners kind of picking their spot based off of their personal rankings. And then before the draft even started, the night before the draft, a future, a 23 first being traded straight up for the 606. And that is what I'm referring to when I say that I think the 307, you know, maybe was an extreme value at that price of a, of a first and a second. Typically, yes. In FFPC drafts that I participate in, those early to mid six, that's what before the players start getting selected, that's, you know, dead on value. I think that was a very typical trade that you'll see in any startup occur. So Dave, our next picks that we have coming up are the 312 and the 401. So we got this corner coming up and then we trade actually traded out of the fifth in a, in a deal that we made, but we have a really nice concentration of picks through the money rounds of this dynasty startup. We got a sixth, two sevenths, 
two eights. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. Are there any thoughts? I don't want to give away necessarily the player that we've talked about wanting at the 312. Cause I know some of the guys that are in the startup yeah, yeah. are listeners of the podcast. <laughs> and if we say his name, he's going to be gone or somebody's going to extort us. Uh, but what positions are you thinking we should, we should be looking at based off of the players who might be available at the 312 and the 401? Right. Well, I think that we're still going to have to obviously have another quarterback in our minds and think about how we're going to structure that into the draft. I also would be interested in evaluating the options at tight end. I mean, I could Mm. practically end up saying every position here uh, because honestly, at this point, there's still a lot of really attractive players. Um, But like the thing that I would be thinking about and that I think about in startups like this when I am drafting in the FFPC is how I am going to address my tight end and have that in my mind as I think about the other picks. Because for me, there's a couple of ranges where I want to be getting my tight end. And I've got to make sure that if I miss that window the first time around, I have my plan for how I'm going to address it later. Yeah. The, the tight ends and the tight end premium uh, format and startups have been interesting. The other startup that I'm in that we mentioned at the top of the podcast I actually ended up trading into the, 408 in, in selecting Travis Kelsey there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he's, he's an older player, 32 years old, but if, if you're going to try to win your league in the first year, you know, and not that you have to sell out and just go only old, but I think he's such a value there. Uh, you know, even if you look at him as a, a two year asset, potentially yeah. um, that, that was kind of a no brainer. Um, and so, you know, I think 401 is probably earlier than we would want to take Kelsey, but if he were to slide too much further than that, um, and if Mark Andrews is obviously already gone, um, we would have to potentially think about making a move. I, I would certainly be on Andrews if he fell <clears throat> to the 312 or the 401. We haven't seen that second tight end go. Uh, is there anybody else you would have in mind this early? This is a little earlier than I would consider Hawkinson personally, but I know that you and Sean are a little higher on him than I am. Yeah, no, I think um, I don't think that I'd be ready to go for Hawkinson or Kittle or somebody like that. Um, So our next two picks, they probably the tight end position probably wouldn't factor in that much if Andrews isn't there. Um, But I think when our our next couple of picks come up, I would consider, especially because having all of those picks in that range where we do, I really like that because you have more information that you can work with in that section mm-hmm. of time, which allows you to think about the structure of how you're going to build out your team more, especially when you're building that anchor. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons I really like that there. And you've been kind of handling the majority of offering these trades and, and, and thinking about how we're going to pick our spot. So I'm assuming that's one of the reasons that you like to layer things into that range. In addition to the group of players that are there. Yeah, I like to be able to fire off picks and bunches in those money rounds. Um, this is also the prime striking spot for kind of those what those players that we think will be maybe like the mid first round rookies. Mm-hmm. So we want to have some youth and some upside early in the draft. We want to really get players that are exciting, and we we don't want to be drafting players at their uh, young players at their ceiling before they've hit it. Um, so I want to give us the option to to really get a lot of points from prime or pre-prime players early in the draft, but also want to make sure that we're taking value players um, who have a little bit of insulation there. As we get into that fourth round, fifth round, sixth and seventh, I feel a little bit more inclined to take some 
a, a little bit of risk on, you know, a first or second year player. And then once we get into that ninth and 10th round where we also have a, a little bit of a concentration of picks, that's where I like to get some of those uh, veterans so we can kind of layer in that initial uh, production. And then we get the production from those younger players as the course of the, the season wears on. One thing I wanted to use this time to ask you about, though, is the time between now and the 312. When I look at the board and the players that are there, are there players that we ought to consider trading up for based off of our rankings? I mean, we're almost through the second round. Javante Williams is still out there. Christian McCaffrey is still out there. Um, Tyree Kill is still out there. Those are all players that, while I don't want to get crazy, I mean, save maybe McCaffrey. I don't think that I would want to structure an offer for McCaffrey that was using our future, our 23 first. But I think in a deal for for Hill, especially given the absolutely start three requirement, um, or with Williams, just because he's so much younger, and we'd be buying the breakout, and I don't feel like we'd be buying him at ceiling since he's fallen a little bit in this draft. Do we want to be knocking on some doors? And at, at what point is it now at the two eleven, or do we want to wait and see which players available? You know, four, five, six picks from now. Mm, that's a great question. I mean, I struggle to think that. Williams could be around that much longer uh, mm-hmm. when it's possible. But I, I think at this point, that group of players, it, they are all guys that I would definitely leverage future picks for. Um, because I feel like especially getting them at this point um, and how we can build through things is going to allow us to do a number of things. I actually think that it would be worth kind of considering going after Javante, maybe not, I mean, I think if we're going to go after him in the next four or five picks, like that value shouldn't fluctuate too much off of them. Um, so I'd, I'd be kind of open to going for it now. I would, though, you know, I, I am curious too to ask, get, get your opinion here on if Devonte Adams is the type of guy that you would try to see if there's any way we could finagle our way into getting without going too crazy. I, I think with Devonte and and not and not having done an FFPC startup yet this year with the ADP not being real set. Yep. I think that's more of a player that I would be willing to wait and see if he falls to the three twelve four hundred one with him changing teams and with him being yep. uh, a handful of years older than Tyree kill um, two years older, I, I believe or two NFL years anyway, uh, years yep. of record. I, I think if you're going to make the move up, you do it for Hill where you're getting a little bit more value uh, in terms of of years, and with Adams, you let him slip a little bit. That that's yeah. my inclination. Yeah, I think that that's perfectly uh, perfectly fair. I think for me right now, if I, if I am uh, somebody on the clock and I'm looking for a wide receiver, uh, to me there's a bit of a gap between Hill and some of the other guys on the board, with maybe the exception of T. Higgins um, yeah. or Jalen Waddle. Uh, those are probably the guys I'm looking at, but I think I would favor Hill. So I have to imagine that we see him go off the board fairly soon. Yeah, I think this uh, Dynasty Depot, uh, and I believe this is another uh, podcast, Dynasty Podcast team. Uh, I'm not familiar with the content, but I've seen this name around. Yep. You know, took Justin Jefferson, at the 110 in the first round, obviously a sharp, uh, sharp drafter. I would be kind of surprised, actually, if Higgins isn't one of the picks there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think this drafter will probably, if I was going to guess, I would say it's a Javante Williams, T Higgins turn. Mm, uh, what a for, turn for this, that is. Oh guy. my Lord. Yeah. yeah. And so this team could start Jefferson Higgins Williams. 
Um, that would be my guess. Uh, j- just knowing that this is a dynasty content producer, you know, typically, you know, being a little bit uh, more on, yeah. on those younger players. So um, yeah, well, it, it sounds like we've got, you know, we've got a good plan. Um, I think we're going to wait a couple picks. If, if CMC makes it into the, you know, much past the 301, 302, I think we're going to have to have a discussion. Yeah. I think that we can kick some tires now to see if it makes sense to trade up for Williams. And if I think for Hill, if we get into that more of that mid third, the 304, 305, 306 range, that's where I started to see him uh, be talked about in my other startup uh, that, that is in progress. I think that would be the place to strike there. Um, so could be some action by the time we get nice. back with another podcast next week. We may have made it an extra pick. Oh, I should say this. I'm not interested in moving up from the 312 or 401. I think if we make a move for one of these players, we're, we're using a future first and, and one of those other picks in that you know 7-8 range probably trying to move into this area to make the pick. Yeah. So, hey, you know what occurs to me too, Curtis, that we we need to check in on? And I'm so tired tonight that it's possible we already talked about this. But have we caught up any on the uh, best ball draft that we have going on with the Rotoviz team? Uh, no, we have not. So let's take a look <laughs> at our underdog, Rotoviz family and friends, best ball draft over on underdog. Uh, and of course, before we read that off, I mean, underdog fantasy right now and Rotoviz, this is a fire partnership. You just go to underdogfantasy.com, use promo code Rotoviz if you're a first time depositor, uh, put in a hundred bucks, they give you a hundred bucks. Uh, it's a great partnership. So you can play $20, $10 best ball drafts for the price of 10. You can join a bunch of $3 drafts. I mean, geez, Dave, I mean, that's quick. That's a little quick math here for me. What is it? Like 60, 66, 66 best ball drafts that you could do at the $3 price range and have $2 left over uh, <laughs> in that deal. So yeah, this is, this is awesome. So um, uh, last time we checked in, I had made... I believe eight picks. I've added a few players to my squad. Uh, my my squad is now looking like Justin Fields and Deshaun Watson. Man, that's an exciting quarterback tandem there. Uh, my running backs are Austin Eckler, J.K. Dobbins, Leonard Fournette. Wide receiver Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, Hollywood Brown, Adam Thielen, and Jarvis Landry. I had to get me some Landry love in this, uh, in this league. And then Dalton Schultz and Cole Komet. I got the uh, Fields-Komet stack going um, there at a value price, uh, both of them. Uh, you know, right at ADP, actually almost to the number. Uh, Dave, let's check in on your squad too, because you've made a bunch of picks as well. Yep. Uh, you added my boy, man, Rashad Penny. <laughs> uh, almost, I mean, geez, a round and a half below ADP, pick 113. That's an awesome pick. One of my favorite. And Singletary was, you know, a round and a half late as well. You've gotten a lot of nice value in that running back room with Najee Harris, Devin Singletary, and Rashad Penny. Uh, Joe Burrow, quarterback, of course. Uh, wide receiver, you're checking in with Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, Hunter Renfro. You already had them in hand uh, earlier this week when we spoke, but since then you've added Robert Woods, uh, newly of the Tennessee Titans. I really like that pick. Michael Gallup, Odo Beckham Jr. And then you added Zach Ertz to Mark Andrews at tight end. So I think these are a pair of really uh, exciting squads. Actually, similar builds and constructs other yep. than I have one extra quarterback to your uh, one extra receiver. Um, any thoughts on how this draft is going, Dave? Well, for me, this is one of those teams that I've put together that just when you kind of glance at the names, 
is hard to get very excited about, but I think that what I'm doing here is kind of taking into account a lot of the lessons that we've learned about underdog and structure and building teams and finding ways to fill in, for example, the running back position with players that are going to be able to get the job done because I'm getting them, as you said, later than perhaps I should be, or I would have expected to. So sometimes there are these pockets of value that you can find in these best ball drafts that you use to build your team around. So though it's not the most exciting group of names, I think this is one of those that's going to end up performing pretty well. Yeah. And if you want to get in on the action, you can go to underdogfantasy.com or download the underdog app in the app store on your uh, favorite device. And don't forget to use uh, promo code rotoviz for $100 free with your $100 deposit. We will be back next week, Dave, to get some more updates on how our Dynasty draft's going. We're going to probably have our single QB PPR Dynasty rankings finalized by then. We have some best ball tools that we're developing for Underdog that should be unleashed very shortly, yep. which we will also have to cut up. It can be really exciting to review that. And then, uh, of course, we will update the crew on how our FFPC startup's going. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. 